All right, guys, so for this podcast, I have Carla on. She is the head of PR and content at Army 8, which is a digital communications agency that helps small businesses uh, think big as well as execute more. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and she is also a producer for the show The Wander Mamas and a writer for the GMA Online as well as The Manila Times. Um, I, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as we did. Um, I mean, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that really intrigued me the most about this podcast was how much we clicked uh, and, and how well we, we kind of conversed and, and just got along. Um, and there's a very interesting story about her transition and becoming a mom um, during this pandemic. So I hope you guys enjoy this as, as much as I did. agency army eight which i wish which i shared with you about is actually mm-hmm. based on the east coast so our first uh so we always start our day with a team prep meeting and mm-hmm. that usually starts at 8 8 8 15 their time so that's 5 15 my time um so that's my day and usually we start 5 15 and go all the way to the afternoon with calls um with our clients so that's kind of my day. <laughs> got you, got you. I mean, in regards to that in particular, um, is, so you're managing, is it like a multitude of companies or, or how does that work for you? Yes. So my, my main job and my day job is actually, mm. um, I work with Army 8. So mm. they're a digital communications company over um, in the East Coast, Boston's particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is actually my main job. And what we do is we help um, small small business uh, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we help them to think big and execute more. So meaning that, you know, when you're a small business, you sometimes mm-hmm. think that, that you don't have enough resources to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we actually specialize in, helping those people with big dreams, mm-hmm. but um, a, a small start uh, to get to where they want to be. Got you. That makes a lot of sense. And you're over here in uh, the West Coast, so even though you're working on East Coast time, right? Yes, I'm in LA. <laughs> okay, got you, got you. Well, I mean, if you don't mind, I I know you kind of gave me the um, I guess like the details about that. But for the people that are listening, do you mind giving them a slight little background as well? Because um, uh, just so that way they know who you are and, and whatnot. Oh yes, of course. So my name is. I'll, I guess I'm, I'll start with my name. My name is Carla <laughs> Hyam. <laughs> I'll start, uh, Carla. Ravanis Hayam. Um, I'm, I actually grew up in the Philippines. I was born and raised in the Philippines. And for the most part of what I used to do, um, I used to do PR and marketing in Southeast Asia. So what I was actually doing prior to moving to the United States permanently was actually bringing brands such as Crocs, Coca-Cola, uh, Starbucks, uh, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and Nivea, just to name a few. Um, bringing those uh, brands to the Southeast Asian market and helping them integrate into different cultures because, mm-hmm. of course, um, marketing and PR is different every time you start in a new country. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was helping them with for the first part of my career. Um, but actually moving, uh, that that switched when I moved to Los Angeles permanently in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was helping local Asian brands integrate into the U.S. market but now um, I have uh, more experience, of course, with U.S.-based companies and helping them uh, share their story through different avenues as well. Got you. And and in regards to, like, I guess, finding your journey, I guess, finding your career in this, how did that look like? I know you started writing and you've always had a passion for this um, for earlier, but when did it branch out to, like, producing, to marketing, and, and so forth? Yes. So what I like to say is that I've always been a storyteller, even Mm. when I was a kid. (laughs) I've been one of those. um, The funny thing is, I actually dreamt of becoming an actress when I was Mm. younger. 
Um, and that's how I started writing was because I imagined what it would be like to have my profile um, on a magazine. So that's uh -huh. kind of been like, even as a child, I've always had this wild imagination. And it's funny how it translated into the work that I do now. Mm -hmm. um, I am a journalist for the Manila Times, uh, the longest running newspaper in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, it, it was that curiosity with writing that actually led me to the world of public relations, which is really just storytelling through media. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess in everything that I do, whether it's marketing, whether it's PR, or whether it's produce, producing, which mm -hmm. I'm doing with a few friends, uh, right now. Um, it's just really the heart of it is just telling stories mm -hmm. um, and understanding that everyone, once you tell a story, it, it instantly creates connection mm -hmm. um, with another person because, you know, that's that's how we connect with each other. It's by the stories we tell. Mm -hmm. No, I, I completely agree. <laughs> um, and, I, and I can tell that you're really big onto that because I had been glancing into your blog as well that, that you've been posting <laughs> for a minute. Um, also, I did kind of want to ask you this. How is Ooh. it? How is it being a new mother? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Um, Congratulations on that. Oh, Thank you so much. Um, actually, it's funny because um, I was pregnant and gave birth in the middle, of course, of the pandemic. Uh -huh. um, so imagine when I found out that I was pregnant um, right about three weeks after they announced that the whole oh world was my God. cutting down. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how, how scared I was to go to the appointment. Yeah. Um, and of course, the biggest challenge was giving birth and not having help. It was just me and my husband because mm -hmm. of the pandemic and my family is back home in the Philippines but uh -huh. you know it's amazing it's been six months my son is turning six months in a mm -hmm. few weeks and just looking back and just seeing like oh gosh the things that um the things that you can do yeah <laughs> you know, things that you never imagined um and also I was back to work two weeks after giving birth um so that, soon that person, but yeah so soon because you know we we are a startup and uh -huh. I, I'm really just so fortunate to be able to do what mm -hmm. I do from home. So that was that was actually an easy transition, easier mm -hmm. than I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, at least for me, I, I mean, if I were in your position, I would have been milking it for long. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because that's me. I guess that's my style. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this time off. I'm, I'm going to relax with my kid over here. But I mean, I, I admire your work, ethic, your work ethic, though. That's really that's really cool. But how was everyone like in the office? Were they like helping you like with hours or were they helping you with work? So that way you can not like do overtime or, or how was that experience? Because I'm sure it's, it's been super packed recently. Yeah, actually, that's a great thing about our company, um, mm -hmm. Army specifically, is it's funny because they're all guys, uh -huh. okay. <laughs> but they were so uh, they were so nurturing. They were so caring. Mm -hmm. um, and the funny thing is, I, I, I went into labor uh, a week early. So mm -hmm. you can imagine, uh, Jesus, when I got to, um, oh, man. To, the, to the hospital room and the doctors wanted to see me and I was like, let me send out this email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, <laughs> shoot. They're like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah but um yeah but my my workmates have been so um they've they've been so kind and so generous and mm -hmm. and it and i i feel so fortunate to mm -hmm. be um in this company during this time yeah how long have you been working at army eight for i've actually been working with them for a year so the mm -hmm. funny thing is um before army eight i actually had a failed um business venture mm -hmm. um 
and it was right again one of those things that happened during the pandemic oh. um and i interviewed for army eight and it was funny because it started out just as a writing position mm. a part-time writing position and then it just grew into something that i have been fully ingrained in in the past year Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a crazy transition from going from where you were when you started to where you're at. It kind of reminds me when we were talking about like Cheval, how she just became this big, uh, this big piece to Yamashiro, you know, it's just, it's just crazy yeah. thinking about it. But let me ask you this as well. I guess going back to um, being pregnant during the pandemic, did you have to wear a mask mm -hmm. during birth? Did you have to do that? or? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So masks oh, all the time. No. I remember going to my appointments yeah. with double masks and uh -huh. a face shield and nobody could understand what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like really difficult during that time. Yeah, it was really difficult. And I had um, a, a Lysol spray bottle wherever I went. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is when I had to go to the ER for one of those things that I had to get checked in and I had uh -huh. Lysol with me and there was this strange man um, who actually went to the elevator with me and I was like spraying Lysol, of course. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm about to die because I'm allergic to Lysol. Oh my God, no. <laughs> and, I, and I look at him and he was like standing upright. He was totally okay. So I said, well, sir, um, you're in the best place to be in if you are dying because we are in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the, the funniest things. Um, but yeah, that's, just being pregnant and mm -hmm. giving birth <laughs> during the biggest pandemic the world has seen in a while. That's absolutely insane. And uh, I mean, I'm not familiar with the whole process of uh, being pregnant, but <laughs> so were you doing like monthly check-ins or was it like every three months, like with a doctor's or how does that work? So when it was actually the, 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 the scariest part for me was mm -hmm. uh, because I found out I was pregnant so soon after it was announced mm -hmm. that we were locking down. Um, I didn't get an appointment until I think six weeks later. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So there was a lot of things that was, sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. Uh, there was a lot of things that were, um, that were just un unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, for me, it was like, I, I, there, a lot of things were done through phone and mm. it's hard because you can't get your ultrasound until, um, a certain time. And you were just so worried, but I guess, you know, what I learned being pregnant during the pandemic was really tuning in mm. and, um, just focusing on my meditation practice and my, um, it's just focusing on the inner work and just realizing that worrying about every appointment, especially mm -hmm. since it's not scheduled the way that it's supposed to be and going mm -hmm. into those appointments without my husband. Mm -hmm. um, I think it really just allowed me to like just tap into my mindfulness and meditation practice mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't freak out. Cause imagine Jesus, when I, when I found out I was pregnant, yeah. I didn't have a job. At that time, I was in between jobs, uh -huh. and I had no idea how the whole, because giving birth was like on my top fear mm. list. Like I was so scared. Yeah. To just be pregnant and give birth. Oh, I so. can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I really I'm like, as a guy, even that scares me thinking about it. Exactly. So it's been like I think more than anything, it's been a great way to really just uh, look inside me and, mm. and and see how I can respond to it from a place of um being like just calm mm -hmm. so that's that's the biggest thing i've learned from my 
from being pregnant during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's actually really cool. Well, let me ask you this as well. Um, how do you, because uh, I know a lot of people meditate and th there's more than one, there's more than a few hundred ways. How do you meditate? Do you have maybe like something like in the background? Is it maybe like in your own head or do you go to the park or or what is it that you do or um, specifically for that? Well, I would, actually, I've, I've been so fortunate to have um, teachers mm -hmm. who help me through it. So I do have a consistent uh, kundalini practice Ooh. that teaches me on meditation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a big, but also at the same time, I understand that not everyone has um, resources mm -hmm. um, to have to go to yoga practice mm -hmm. and to have a consistent teacher um, walk you through it. So my, I, I also rely heavily on free stuff on the internet. Mm -hmm. So I do rely a lot on Gabby Bernstein. Uh, she released a podcast recently on just how to be mindful and mm -hmm. how to have, how to deal with anxiety specifically. So those free resources online have, has really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to meditation, I think the biggest, um, I think the biggest misconception is that your mind has to be silent. Mm -hmm. Or for for your thoughts to be completely blank. But if there's anything I've learned about meditation, and I've learned this from Dan Harris, mm -hmm. um, was actually that anytime you think of a thought, you actually meditation is actually allowing you to observe that thought. So it's not necessarily just like mm -hmm. hoping that you wouldn't think of anything, but it's actually um, it's actually reviewing that thought, studying it, and then letting it go. So you can do. You can actually practice meditation while you're in a meeting and mm -hmm. a lot of things are popping up. So you can actually look within and, and try to see like, why am I reacting this way to this particular situation? So, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, when I have the time, of course, I try to do it in the morning. I try mm -hmm. to do it um, after working out. But I think what worked for me because I'm so hyper and full of energy <laughs> is actually walking meditation, which is just... Mm -hmm while walking just freeing your mind that that really works for me mm -hmm. so when you're freeing your mind um are you not having any thoughts or are you just focusing on what's in front of you or, or how does that work a little bit because i'm i'm huge on walking but i've never really actively like tried thinking about like meditation as that uh, maybe just because i'm like listening to music or god knows but <laughs> <laughs> or texting right yes that's the um. big one too or on twitter <laughs> or something I know, or an Instagram. Yes. Um, actually, the funny thing is I am actually the person with the biggest monkey mind ever. So I'm always, even Same. as a child, I've always been just like 100% high speed. So yeah. the thought of the whole meditation thing was very intimidating to mm -hmm. me only because my mind would not shut up. <laughs> I'm the same way. Um, right? Yeah. Um, so every time b before I, I, I started my meditation practice, mm -hmm. I was actually very like hesitant about it. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, this would never work for me. <laughs> um, but the way that it actually, what actually helped me was just really allowing myself to sit and allowing all of these thoughts to go through my head. Mm -hmm. And just, I think the important thing was actually just sitting with it. That's what uh -huh. I always say is that meditation is not the absence of the things that we don't want. Mm -hmm. It's actually sitting with it. So if you're walking and, you know, if you're walking, let's say you're walking and you get a text message, the simple act of choosing not to respond to that at that moment because you want to bring awareness to yourself mm -hmm. um, is actually a form of meditation. So 
even when I'm sitting on the mat, even now that I've done it for longer than I have previously, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm sitting on the mat and then something triggering comes to my mind that doesn't allow me to just fully be present, mm-hmm. um, I allow that thought to go back to the center of who I am. So it's like, let's say something worrisome happened at work and I couldn't let it go. Yeah. I Instead of ignoring that so that I can pretend to meditate, I actually sit with it and, and ask myself, um, why am I so triggered by this? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually, that's how meditation helped me. It could be different for another person, but for me, it's being aware mm-hmm. and being mindful that has really helped my what, meditation. Practice. When you're finished with meditating, how, how is it? Like, how do you feel? Do you feel like more more calm? I, I mean, I would assume that, but I guess a little bit more um, in depth, because I don't think a lot of people that, that are listening to this are, um, I've been too big on meditating. I've been trying to get into it, but like I was mentioning, like I've always been like mentally scattered, like everywhere. I'm always like too hyper. Um, and I've really liked it and really enjoyed it, but I want to hear like your perspective because kind of like how I was mentioning before, there's just so many styles, so many different yeah. feelings. So I'm always like really curious when it comes to this. I think what meditating has, and, and this, and, and mm-hmm. honestly, um, the effects of meditating on me didn't really happened I didn't really see it until like two three years in mm-hmm. um and what I've learned about myself is that okay I meditate let's say five days straight and I really don't see progress but mm-hmm. I've seen it uh as I've mentioned two to three years uh after is I'm no longer as reactive as I used to be mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest gift of meditation of course it helps when you're meditating in the moment, uh, it helps calm your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the long run, how it really affected me was that instead of because you know if you're 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 in a high paced environment mm-hmm. like PR and marketing is, you're always want to react to things because yes. that's just how you're trained to be. And I assume you're the same because you're working in media. You mm-hmm. know, like there's always news. I have to get on it, yes. you know, or else I'll get left behind. Yeah. Or I have to post um, this wonderful uh, Instagram or else, you know, I'm behind. <laughs> um, and that and that actually um, kind of because we're in such in living in such a place where everything is so, so fast, mm-hmm. even the way that we react to people around us, our family, uh, whether, you know, whether we react um in anger, if it's something triggering to us, you know, I think that was my biggest problem was I was always on edge all the time. Mm -hmm. So practicing meditation and practicing mindfulness and really taking a moment before I post or taking a moment before I respond to someone, even in a meeting, um, that's where I see my meditation practice. Actually, Um, I see the effects of it in that moment where I could have just reacted, but instead I take a step back and respond instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest um, advantage of meditation for me, and mm-hmm. it didn't come like right away. When, it wh- took a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's a really interesting thing and a really interesting journey. What's the deepest mm-hmm. um, state of meditation that you've been in, and how did that feel like, as opposed to like every day, like slowing you down and, and having you breathe and, and focus a little bit more? I would like to say that my biggest, uh, the deepest meditation I've had was mm-hmm. actually giving birth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Labor. Yeah. Yeah, because um, when you're pushing mm-hmm. and you really have to look within to gain that strength, because mm-hmm. everything around you is like, I, I, I'm gonna give up because this is so hard. Yeah. Um, 
But that's where I actually saw my meditation practice come into play because you're just living for every single breath that's next, you know, every single mm -hmm. push. And it, it was the most magical thing to just be in that state mm -hmm. where you're not thinking of anything else but the present moment. I like that. That's, that's really <laughs> crazy. I don't know. I never thought about, I guess, something like that being used um, in a state of meditation, but I mean, it makes sense as well, but it takes, I guess it's got to take a lot of discipline and will uh, willpower to be in that state, especially during a situation like that. Yes. And I think meditation allows us to be alone, mm -hmm. um, to be comfortable with being alone, because I think, I think a lot of us are, are, and I was for sure intimidated by meditation because it allows us to be in the thoughts that we usually run away from. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you go deep into your meditation, um, you're confronted with things that you usually escape using your phone or mm -hmm. escape using work. And I think that's the biggest challenge for most people is that there are places in our minds that we don't want to visit. Mm -hmm. um, that's when meditation becomes challenging, I feel like. Got you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, how was it overriding those thoughts that you didn't want to like face? Was it difficult to overcome them when you started getting into that, uh, into meditation? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's funny because meditation is, is probably just a tool uh, to the whole healing journey that I've mm -hmm. been on in the past uh, three, four years. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many tools out there, but I think whether you're on a spiritual journey or you're just healing emotional trauma, mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest part, like you said, is facing what we don't want to face. Mm -hmm. um, people think that healing is, you know, it's all like yoga. It's all yeah, like, and you know rainbows. what I mean? Like it's all pretty. Exactly. Yeah. It's all like, it's all like uh, juice, juice fasting or whatever. You know, it's all that pretty <laughs> stuff. The seven day cleanse. <laughs> exactly. But, um, the healing really occurs when you're on your own or maybe uh -huh. with a therapist or with a or with a spiritual teacher mm -hmm. and actually just facing why you are the way you are. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, stop being a victim of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, real healing occurs when you um, when you actually face the fact that you also played a role in whatever it is that caused you pain. Ooh, okay. Um, so that's kind of. That's kind of, I think, as human beings, we always want to run away and blame mm -hmm. another person. And there are circumstances that, of course, merit that, where mm. a lot of our, our pain is caused by others. But the greatest awakening is understanding that, yes, I went through that. Yes, someone mm -hmm. did that to me, but I have the responsibility to actually rise above it. Yeah, no, that's actually really crazy because it's been it's been like certain social media pages that it, for me in particular, like the last few years that have taught me, like, even if someone else did this to me, I allowed myself to be put in this position and take mm -hmm. accountability like one way or another. And I feel like that's helped me out. And that's one of the things that I really love social media for. You can if if you choose to let it be good to good to and for you it will be and you can utilize that to your own advantage and that's like a head start that you can use as um i guess kind of as using other people's um pain or experience for your own education um and then from there you can you can teach it on to um like to your daughter right like in the future for when they're older i i totally agree mm -hmm. and also that's the great thing, uh, like what you said, because of social media, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of things, just like mm -hmm. most things in life, it's good, it's bad, but mm -hmm. what's good about it is 
you can you can feel so lonely go on your phone and find resources to help you mm-hmm. um and i think that's the most powerful thing about social media i agree have you used um clubhouse yet by any chance yes yes i'm yeah. actually on clubhouse yeah it's, it's, it's interesting how mm-hmm. those conversations are basically i feel like the less filtered out of all the avenues online yeah i'd say the only one that comes close to that is like twitter but even then it it doesn't have that like connection that that clubhouse because it's literally feels like this like me and you just talking and and that's what it is and you can find a room about like i mean whatever it is maybe sharing stories therapy uh oddly enough psychedelic spirituality um how to how to hustle just, just anything whatever you want and that's something that I mean, if if people can get on Clubhouse, I really recommend doing it because I think it's a really useful avenue, especially if you're introverted like me by nature. I think it's a great app. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel yeah. It, it's funny how we're doing this work um, in media yeah. and you, know, you have a podcast and I'm in PR and marketing. But mm. I think at the heart of who I am is I'm also introverted, very much like you. <laughs> yeah, no, I pretty much I like to say this. I'm like a I'm a introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's something that's like really odd about me because I mean, like at other jobs that I've had, no one like even this little bit of a conversation, nobody else has really like gotten to talk to me like this much. But it's like it's it's I'm really selective just because I'm really careful with like who I'll let around me or, or who I want to even get to know me just because I don't feel like everyone deserves that. Um, and then there's just people that are, that aren't going to add any value to you. They're, they're going to try to bring you down or kind of try to manipulate you. And I'm, I've been really against that ever since I first realized that that was happening when I was probably like in high school, I think. Oh, that's amazing that you learned it early. That's great. It's the trauma. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. But- but you know, it, it's true. And also, um, and I, I, I didn't realize this as soon as you did, but um, everything is energy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the people you hang around with, mm-hmm. um, you can totally sense their energy. And I know it's such an LA thing to say, but it's so true. It is that, really true. Um, it's like, you have to protect your space. And I mm-hmm. admire you for that. Um, creating boundaries was was very, it was something I learned later in life. Mm-hmm. And it's been doing me really well too. I think even though it is an LA thing, I think the reason why is because we have more experience with different energies as opposed to other people that aren't so closely together, if that makes sense. We get to actually see people for who they are and then we develop this intuition that helps guide us with our own instincts and our own gut feeling that that's what i believe at least when it comes to that because like i said like maybe let's say texas right or idaho or something like that you're a lot more spread out than you are as opposed to over here yeah and i feel like in la too um everyone is working towards a goal so you have to be Mm -hmm. extra careful too just to make sure you're around people who are authentic and wanting to get to know you and Mm and wanting to help you out i think that that also makes us more aware too mm-hmm. um, and protective of our space as well. No, I, I agree. Um, speaking of goals, what is, what is your goal that you have for, um, I don't want to say like the cheesy, like, Oh, five year plan, but like just in general, <laughs> just like, what is it something that like that you have in mind that you, that you wish to accomplish? Well, my goal is, um, okay. So my goal as an individual, as a mom is to mm. be the happiest mom <laughs> that I, that I can be yeah. because Cause when someone asks me like, what's your goal for your child? And, and honestly, my, my biggest goal for him, every time I see him is for him to be happy and, and to be in a state of bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if he grows up with a, with joy in his heart, 
Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he can overcome just about anything um, because he's he's strong in that joy. Um, I guess so. As a mom, that's that's my goal is to mm-hmm. also be the best person I can be, just to just so that my son grows up in a home mm-hmm. where there's love and there's light. Um, I love that. That's my, beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. And um, my goal for work actually is to develop uh, Army Eight um, and mm-hmm. to. Because honestly, Army 8 as a team, uh, we were founded on a desire to help other people's dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're helping the entrepreneurs and the small to medium-sized medium businesses, mm-hmm. I feel like um, those people have the biggest dreams but may not necessarily have the biggest resources. Mm-hmm. And so our goal is to help out as many people as we can and to you know, seeing their dreams come true and seeing their business grows uh, goes back to our end goal, and that is to help people and help them realize their dreams. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's actually really interesting. Um, l- let me ask you this as well. In regards to becoming um, into becoming a mom, did you find did you feel like you had more more purpose in your life, or did that change, or has it been the same? Or I guess obviously you have more responsibilities. How does that tie in mm-hmm. with like your day to day things? Um, like your day-to-day activities and your job and whatnot? Yeah, I think um, becoming a mom, it's kind of like this odd thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're not just living a life that's for you. You're living a life that's for another person mm-hmm. and another human being. And there's so many thoughts that could cloud your brain as a mom. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, every single thing that I do has the power to affect my son. Yeah. Um, but honestly, um, since finding out I was pregnant Mm -hmm. um, and going on this journey of looking within, as I've mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really been, um, I, I do like, I can't explain it, but I, I feel like I have been more inspired uh, to live a life that is authentic to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And because, and that's because I have someone looking up to me, like, I hope, in the future, he lives a life that is that is completely his own mm-hmm. because he saw me and his dad do it. Yeah, um, and I hope he finds freedom in that. Um, so I guess in terms of purpose, I I'm just living a life that that makes sense to me, so that in the future my son would be able to choose one that makes sense for him. Mm-hmm. So I I don't want him to grow up in a in an environment where he's asked to conform mm-hmm. into what I think is right for him. So that's, that's awesome. kind of how my mindset changed. <laughs> I like that because, well, I mean, I guess thinking back to like, cause I'm first generation um, yeah. over here. So, I mean, but I guess kind of like thinking back, like my parents were all like really strict and you have to be this and that way or you're, you'll be yeah. a failure. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's just stuff like that. And you know what the funny thing is? I just opposed everything they said. <laughs> I'm like, that makes me not want to do anything you guys are saying. But um, I I guess giving them that environment gives them like the creativity, like they don't have any borders to like conform to. And I think that's that'll set somebody up for for success. And I think ultimately that'll have like a really strong relationship with um, with him and you in the future, as well as with the father as well. Yes, exactly. And I think it's really like it's really just understanding that mm-hmm. yes he is my son and i'm his parent but mm-hmm. he will grow up to be his own person and i want to i'm inspired to create an environment that supports that 
Mm-hmm. When uh, when it comes to, uh, did you read like any parenting books or anything of that sort? That's the funny thing. I stayed away from yeah. online forums. I yeah. stayed away from, I think I only have like a handful of people that mm. I um, reach out to for mm. advice. Um, I do um, I do follow this account called the Respectful Mom or is it Respectful Parenting on um, Instagram. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the 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 closest thing that I really want to embody when it comes mm-hmm. to parenthood. But of course, it's it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't even know if I were going to like if I were going to be a parent, I don't even know if I would like go towards that route of reading books or avoid it i think avoid because i'm naturally exactly. overthinker and if i had exactly. more information presented i'd lose my <laughs> mind <laughs> oh my gosh that is so true like when i um when i was preparing for labor yeah. and with so many options and i was just yeah. like you know what whatever it is whether it's a it ends up being a c-section or a normal delivery yeah i'm gonna take it as long as my son is is, is safe and mm-hmm. i'm safe so and that's kind of i took a very like chill um approach to it i think i don't want to do that as well ideally for being like a chaotic person mentally i'm just like sheesh i'm like that's that scares me because <laughs> I, I don't know and then i'm an overthinker not even just for myself or like exactly. other people and then i'd be worried and i'd be like oh i'm gonna be stressing everyone out in the delivery <laughs> They're going to be like, get oh the hell God. out of here. <laughs> exactly. So it was very like, I mm. I think sometimes ignorance really is bliss. Yeah. Not researching into things too much actually helps. <laughs> I really do agree with that. Um, yeah. Is there, uh, other than like being like your authentic self and, and, and being like the happiest version that you can be, is there like a certain lesson that, that you want to try to, um, to drill into your son, like as he grows up into the future, like, um, it doesn't have to be this, but I'm just using like very cheesy basic examples, but like don't do drugs or like treat others <laughs> how you want to be respected. Or is there maybe like a certain like life lesson that like that stuck to you um, from when you were younger that you wish you had learned from maybe your parents or from a peer or anything of the sort? I believe what I could, the biggest thing my husband mm-hmm. and I can teach him is to anchor him, himself into something uh, bigger mm-hmm. than who he is. I think everything in life uh, flows from a solid uh, spiritual practice, whatever it may be mm-hmm. for you um, or for another person and for him, for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he has a deep understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. that would just instantly reflect into everything that he does. It reflects in how he sees himself. Mm-hmm. It reflects in how he treats other people. Mm-hmm. And also it reflects in, you know, we all have tough times and I feel like, although him, his dad and myself would be there for him, mm-hmm. uh, what would really get him through it is understanding that he's always being guided mm-hmm. by I, power bigger than him. No, I really like that. Speaking of a power <laughs> bigger than, than all of us, you posted something that um, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, um, that the secret can be found in the surrender. And I, and I really agreed with that, but I wanted to hear your, um, I guess your definition on that, your, I mean, many, maybe any personal feelings or story uh, in regards to that. Oh, I love that. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Cause I was, I've been thinking about it all day. Um, actually I grew up in a very religious home, mm-hmm. you know, and it, like typical Filipino religious home, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, there are rules to whether or not God loves you and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I a, a big part of, a, a big part of my years was really uh, living in the rule book mm-hmm. of Christianity instead of actually living it out. Okay. Um, 
so if you met me probably six years ago, I'll be the first one to tell you what's wrong, what's not. You know what I mean? Like oh, okay. all these uh-huh. But um, now I now that with all the experiences that I've had in the past uh, five years, I, I believe in God. That is the number one thing that I believe in. But mm-hmm. I don't believe in religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Ooh, believe in- I think I'm on the same boat as you. I don't. I, <laughs> oddly enough, I, I sorry I had to interject just because I I normally oh, never I, I never hear anyone say that. Usually it's one or the other. That's why when you said that, I was like, oh, what the heck? That's crazy. I know, and it's like meant to be that we're talking yeah. about this right now. But that's crazy. Yeah, I, don't, I don't adhere to religion. I don't think anyone has the right to say who God loves and who He doesn't love. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I feel like every every relationship that we have uh, with God is different from the other, and I have no right to tell you what you believe in is wrong if that is what makes you connect to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that God is smarter than all of us. Mm-hmm. And he knew that there that every single person on earth has a different way of approaching him. Mm-hmm. So he gave us many tools, but all of these tools lead to him mm-hmm. anyway. And that makes me more um, that makes me more open to all the beautiful ways people are approaching God. Um, and that to me is beautiful. You know, like a, a Buddhist has a different way of approaching the god that they believe in mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of people who call him differently but it all leads to the same place and that is my belief um i i don't want to be I, I i was one of those people who were who were very constrained by mm-hmm. religion um i have been part of the generation who kissed dating goodbye i don't know if you're <laughs> too young to remember um and i realized that all these years I've been focused too much on what to do, what not to do mm-hmm. without really understanding the grace and the love of God, which is not, it cannot be found in, in all the religious things that I associated myself with. What, what changed in the past few years from when you were saying you were really, um, mm-hmm. you were really kind of like by the book as opposed to before and what's changed now? Because it seems like I, I would assume like you were more, more into a religion at that time and now it looks like you freed yourself from those boundaries but still believing in that ultimate power um regardless um i mean do you do you mind elaborating on on that for me because i i am curious as like your journey as as to that oh not at all actually it it all leads back to um uh, so uh, just pointing back to the i kiss dating goodbye generation um oh yeah do you mind explaining um, that for me as well too i I wasn't sure uh, Oh, yeah, no worries. You're too young. <laughs> I think so. But, but um, actually, if you recall, in the in the 90s and probably mid-90s, there was this big evangelical uh, belief that you should save yourself through marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that created a generation of girls and of guys who um, behaved a certain way because mm-hmm. they believed that if they did all things right, um, they would actually have the perfect life. You know, like... Uh-huh. Oh, if I if I don't date until I get married, um, or if I don't, you know, sleep over or sleep with a guy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, all of these things. If I do everything right, I'm gonna have the the life um, that I deserve. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I did everything right by the book, mm-hmm. um, and I subscribe to that. Not just in my dating life, but in my personal life, I was very self righteous. Um, I've always believed that 
if I did everything right by the rule book, I deserved a better life than those who did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It, it's funny because you just reach, you know, a, a breaking point. Um, you reach a part in your life where you just fall flat on your face and you question all these beliefs because like, you know, I, I reached a point where I said, I followed all the rules, but mm. my life is nowhere what those uh, religious books promised it would be. Okay. You know, on paper, my life may have been great, mm-hmm. um, but inside I was still angry. I was still mad. I was mm-hmm. still, I was not at peace. And so it made me really, um, I guess, moving here to challenge that, um, moving to a new environment, moving to a new culture. Mm-hmm. It also challenged my beliefs. Um, and I guess I just looked within and I said, I guess because before I thought I could manipulate God into giving me what I want by doing everything right. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and so coming here and realizing that even if you do everything wrong, God mm-hmm. still loves you. And it's going into that journey and really looking within and questioning if I believe the things I believe because I believe in them mm-hmm. or if it was just imposed on me. So uh-huh. I guess the short answer to your question is I went through a life change mm-hmm. that erratically took out uh, basically everything that I believed in, my status in life, my mm-hmm. the career I wanted at that time, um, was taken away from me because moving to a new country makes you start from the bottom again, right? Mm-hmm. So you're left without the things that used to define you. And so that really became a wake-up call for me, and it it really allowed challenged me to question everything I believed in. Mm-hmm. You you were saying that um, that your life was great on paper um, back then in regards to doing everything by the book and and mm-hmm. doing things as you should have. Would you say that now you're happier doing things the way that you are? Are you more fulfilled as opposed to um, to before in the past? Definitely, because my, you know, uh, excuse my, uh, my goals before were different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be on top because I wanted to be, I wanted to feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. But in reality, um, it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be completely happy without all these things mm-hmm. within, you know, like you should, you should just be. I, I guess you should love yourself, which is because even if you have everything good on paper, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, if you're not happy within it, 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 it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Yeah. So now when you ask me, are you happy with your life? I'm not looking at my job, although I'm so grateful for it and mm-hmm. all the wonderful opportunities that's been given to me. But when you ask me that, it makes me think of how I'm doing on the inside. And if I'm doing okay on the inside on any day, whatever the circumstances, then I know I'm good. I like that. And you also mentioned mm-hmm. earlier that you had different avenues of like spiritual healing. Um, what do yeah. those look like aside from meditation? Oh, I do um, aside. So I do uh, Kundalini. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's yoga. And I do um, uh, chanting. So that is related to the, to Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I also have friends who help me with Reiki. I'm not sure if you've heard of Reiki. I have, Um, I haven't heard of one of the first one. I haven't heard of chanting actually, but I've heard of Reiki. uh, Yeah. So chanting is, um, so the Buddhist, uh, they have mantras that Mm -hmm. you chant, um, to help you, uh, just 
I guess for some people, some of my friends, they can't meditate, so they do it that way. Okay. Um, they do through several uh, ways of chanting, and that's more related to the practice of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do Reiki, which is a Japanese um, just aligning of your energy. Um, and also I do uh, energy reading, just making sure that I don't have any blockages. So those are the things that I actually um, – those are the tools. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, they're not – like I, I think – I just needed those tools in order to open up myself to for my spiritual um, beliefs to like flow through me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and, and those have really helped me in the past two years. I just had a person on the podcast recently, um, a few days ago. Um, mm-hmm. Do you focus on like chakras? Because you were you were mentioning like opening up um, like certain pathways and whatnot. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like, a, we only touched on that for a little bit, but do you mind explaining a little bit more about that for me? Like, how do you open up the chakras? I, and I don't know which point system you use, but I think he said that there was like seven and 12. I think he used the 12, but I'm not too sure. Like I said, I didn't get that much because we went on to like mushrooms, aliens, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so what I do is initially I, so we have seven main chakras. So uh-huh. for beginners, that's where you, you start with okay and it, it usually starts with your crown which is your head mm-hmm. um and then there's a third eye chakra which is like in between your eyes and then there's a throat chakra there's mm-hmm. the heart and then below the heart is the solar plexus mm-hmm. and then the sacral and then the root so all of these uh seven chakras when they're blocked that's when we feel uh when we feel tired we don't feel aligned and eventually they manifest into physical problems. Mm -hmm. So as an example, each chakra represents um, a certain, like it represents a certain body part. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you have a lot of throat issues, it's usually Mm -hmm. because your throat is blocked and Mm -hmm. you're, it it means that you're not, um, you're actually not saying things that you're supposed to say. So it really depends. Like my teachers are so excellent at uh, explaining this to me, and they're mm-hmm. probably going to listen to this and be like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so anytime you feel like mm-hmm. there's something in your head or you have a headache, it means your crown chakra is is over, you know, is blocked and uh-huh. stuff like that. So, so they, I work with my healers and my teachers so that all of them are like aligned. And when your teachers are teaching you, how, what's usually like the steps and instructions that they take? And and honestly, I know that like this is like it's it's odd that this isn't really a subject that's talked about. It's really like underground almost. And that's like one of the things that's like been really intriguing to me recently. Oh, my gosh. I definitely connect them to you after our call. I have yeah. several of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but usually because of all I do a lot of uh, so I do Reiki, but I also do millennium healing. Mm-hmm. Um, where she she figures out what is wrong and where exactly am I blocked. Um, but also, it, it's really, it, it's funny to me because all of these things, it, it makes so much sense. Like, mm-hmm. even without the terms that we say, um, we do feel like, remember, like, a few years ago, it became this big thing where you're not taking care of your gut because... Um, Mm -hmm. like a lot of people were having health issues that's due to their gut because a lot of people were under stress. I believe so. It would all be saved in their gut. Yeah. Um, So it's all, it's all like connected. And it's funny Mm -hmm. when you said that it's underground, I think it's because 
a lot of people are scared to explore it because of religion. You know, mm-hmm. like oh. we've been taught growing up, like, oh, that's the dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every other podcast. <laughs> Actually, not that in particular, but dark arts. I don't know why, but like for anything, but yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I feel like me coming from a background of like intense religion, like really like being in front of the church and like, you know, yeah. I was so scared to try it, but I was at a point where I was so hurt and I was in such a depression, a state of depression that like you would just try whatever, you know, just to heal. And um, I'm glad I did because these have really been helpful. And, and and again, I say like for people who are religious, who don't want to try it. I'm like, all of these things I believe doesn't have to do with your belief in God. They're just mm. tools to get you working mm. so that you can explore um, God and, you know, your, your faith more. Mm. Um, some may not agree with that, but that that's definitely how I see it. Like those two things to me are like extremely different. That's why it, it's, it's amazing to me when, when you know when people put them you know they're like black and white and just two things when Mm -hmm. there's so many things in between yeah it's like the um i guess like the main goal and the main picture is still there they're just different journeys in different ways and everything can be used as a tool as long as you don't abuse it and and fall victim to it or start like praising it and worshiping it as opposed to like the main goal and i think that's a lot a lot of people take that as offense because it's like I'm not abandoning the bigger picture of the whole thing, you know? I'm like, at the end of the day, you're human. You're doing what you can with the things that are in front of you. And you could utilize everything. Like, you can use, I don't know, like a knife, a fork, a spoon for whatever thing. Exactly. Like, if you sit, if you picture yourself like as a cereal bowl, you don't want to use a fork to eat cereal. You want to use a spoon, <laughs> right? Like, something of that sort. Yeah. And I know my analogies are the worst, but that's... <laughs> But they make sense at the end of the day. So for people listening, shut up. (laughs) But it's it it also makes sense, like the way that people go to therapy, and that that has nothing to do with their spiritual practice. It's Mm -hmm. just a tool to get better. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really how I see it. Yeah, or like if you can't use therapy, you can use YouTube for free online as well to to help free yourself or to help. Uh, self-reflect on on your own actions or get whatever little wisdom you can it, it's all based on what you come across in life and how you choose to use it when i i would just remember when i use like dark arts usually I reflect to um what are those people that like the fortune tellers and like the tarot yeah. readers those are i'm like that's dark art stuff i'm i'm staying away <laughs> but i think they are interesting i just um i just kind of like move away from that personally but i know we're low on time so i want to ask you one last question before before sure. I let you go, Carla. Um, this is something I always ask all of my guests, but w- what's what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Just say yes. So whatever it is in life, whether it's a job opportunity, mm-hmm. whether it's um, whatever opportunity, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's in your dating life or whatever, just say yes. Mm-hmm. I think most of us are always clouded by our own fears that mm-hmm. we fail to allow ourselves to move forward in life mm-hmm. um, because we're scared that we we won't be able to be what we need to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, go ahead, say yes, and then mm-hmm. just try to learn it when you're there. And and I and usually life moves forward very oh, okay. quickly in our favor when we do that. Oh, I like that. So it's kind of like the um, kind of like just do it in short, right? Exactly. Yep. Just say yes. Like my, when I was younger, my mom, I'd, I'd always be so scared. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to do this job or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, just say yes and everything else will figure it out. So, 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny how that works. Cause, like literally half the things that I do, if not more, always scare the shit out of me. Like even just like going out of like my way to like talking to people. Like even now, like it's still like oddly enough, it scares me until like I warm up to it or um, or like I've just been doing it. Then I just get comfortable midway and then it becomes easy. But like it's always like before that like it always like really scares me. And not even just that, like in tie to like job interviews or maybe even call it in the doctors. I'm like, shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Do I really want to call? Maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the funny thing is, everything you say yes to is either a win in your life yeah. or a le- lesson that you have to learn anyway. So mm. either way, you win. <laughs> you're you're extremely correct. Yeah. So I guess for the people listening, just don't be fearful. Just do it because there's more harm done in not doing it. I mean, I I, I that's what I believe, anyways. You can't spend your whole life in the sidelines. That's shit. For sure. That's facts. <laughs> well thank you so much carla i really appreciate your time where can people find you uh thank you so much well they can find me on Mm army8.com if you're a small business and you want help that's where to go but to find me personally and to see my um just to see how my life's been um it's carla ravanis hyam and maybe you can put that on the description because my last name Mm. (laughs) but yes that's where they can find me for sure yeah of course and then if people uh go on our website as well at the very bottom you'll be able to find our socials as well so um thank you again carla for your time and i appreciate you of course and congratulations on being a mother again that's amazing thank you so much and congratulations on all you do as well (laughs) all right you take care have a good rest of your day okay you too take care bye